Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, thanks for joining us on this edition of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a noob special. Joining me today is uh, friend Alvaro. We met each other when we were working on a project last year together on the Homeschooling Global Summit, which he expertly put together. He has a, a brilliant background, entrepreneurial background, background excuse me, and um, came, uh, came across to help out with a project from um, Udacity, which uh, he had grown in Europe, which we get into and talk about. He's got a great story about falling down the rabbit hole, becoming um, a noob, buying his first Bitcoin, and then wanting to give back to the community in such a, a very, very short space of time, rapid descent. And I think these are brilliant stories and it echoes a lot of other people's stories from class of 2020. And if this is what class of 2020 are bringing, imagine what class of 2021 is gonna bring. So thought this would be a really good one to, to put out there. Hope you enjoy it. Before we get into it, make sure you head over to CoinFloor. That's uh, a UK exchange, Bitcoin only. CoinFloor.co.uk forward slash Bitten will help you support the show. And if you're in the US across the pond, the best place to head over to to start stacking some sats is with the guys at Swan. That's SwanBitcoin.com forward slash Bitten. Use that code. You will get, uh, excuse me, use that link. You will get a free 10 bucks to start your stacking. And um, both of these companies, as you know, I'm big fans, Bitcoin focused. They're going to help you along your journey and hold your hands and lead you down the rabbit hole. Let's get into this one with Alvaro. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Catch you after the show. We are good to go. Alvaro, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Daniel. And Lauren will be here in around 15 or 20 minutes. Uh, as you know, she schools on Galileo and uh, we're doing this in the afternoon and she's on one of her lessons. So she will be uh, joining us and um, goodness knows what she might ask you, but uh, she's <laughs> met you before, so uh, it, <laughs> it won't be too daunting, I'm sure. And you know full well what might come out of these kids' mouths having um, having those, done so much work with the Galileo uh kids before so uh, well thanks again for for joining us i really um happy to do this show and to give the listeners a little bit of context uh alvaro and i met at the beginning of 2019 no excuse me 2020 right 2020 yeah, yeah. at the beginning of yeah march april time of 2020 when we got together to put together the uh, Homeschooling Global Summit, the second one that we've done, and the first time that uh, Alvaro was involved uh, and did a great job. So we'll get into talking a little bit about that. And subsequently, his fall into the rabbit hole as of around uh, October time <laughs> and his rapid descent into becoming a Bitcoiner. And uh, we'll get onto that as well. So Alvaro, thanks for joining us. Um, I guess we should start 
with just trying to give uh, the listeners uh, an overview about yourself. You know, where did you grow up? Where did you come from? And kind of the work that you've done in the past. And uh, then we'll follow any little um, paths that we uh, we see open up. Great. Well, uh, thanks so much, Daniel. I, as you know, have been listening a lot at your podcast. Um, I think Spotify told me you were the most listened podcast uh, in my account in 2020. So yeah, I think there were like 30 or 40 episodes that I listened. So yeah, um, about myself, I am uh, in very early days in my Bitcoin journey, um, thanks to you. So I, I just wanted to appreciate the amount of time and effort that you put into guiding me um, in this journey that I started earlier this week, well, last year now. Um, but going backwards a little bit, um, I'm Spanish, uh, grew up in Madrid, um, traditional education system, um, went to school, then went to uni, um, graduated from an engineering school in Spain. Um, but then I started traveling. And I started going to the US, um, visited a couple of universities while I was studying in, in Madrid. And I realized that there was, there was another way. And I have been kind of going deeper into that rabbit hole uh, until I arrived last year <laughs> to the alternative education slash uh, homeschooling. Um, and that's, that's where we met, uh, organizing the the Homeschooling Global Summit um, with Galileo that will become client of my current company. And yeah, it's it's been a great journey so far and I'm very, very, very lucky to, to have met you. So thank you so much. No problem. Great to have you on the show. And here we go again, another engineer that has um, like just tagged straight onto Bitcoin. As soon as you see it, you get it. And that, that's a... It seems to be a recurring theme. Uh, so what, what were you studying engineering-wise then at, uh, at university? Uh, telecommunications. Um, so it's uh, electrical engineering, um, basically. Um, yeah, I, I spent five years of my life uh, swimming into maths, physics, um, things like that. And uh, yeah, going through, I would say, the most challenging problems that I have uh, ever faced. And uh, yeah, training, training every day to solve problems that you have never seen before, um, which I think it's, uh, I think uh, to me, what I appreciate about that, it's the, the way it, it kind of showed me uh, how the entrepreneurial journey is and uh, how it prepared for failure. Um, I was a kid that at school had uh, very good uh, marks and suddenly I arrived into uni and I started failing, I don't know, three out of five tests and things like that um, after having studied a lot. And it was, yeah, it was the first time I faced, um, I would say the life is not fair. 
and <laughs> and you have to keep trying until until you manage to make it um and that that was that was interesting to me because yeah uh, it was the first time i i faced that that situation i, I would say yeah and we were talking before, we, we, we've had obviously many conversations, but one of the conversations that I think is worth exploring a little bit more is, not, is something that I think probably many of us listening don't don't really give too much thought to. But you, you grew up in Spain um, and you went to, uh, like you said, the, the educational system in Spain. But what, what many of us don't even realize or just completely forgot is Spain was, you know, under pretty much tyrannical rule up until the 70s. And obviously there's some kind of overflow effect after that has been toppled. Uh, i not guessing your age, but I think you were probably growing up in, in the 80s uh, and going to school. Could you just explain to us, you know, you, you must have like uh, older family members that remember those times and what life was like. You must have some pretty interesting stories that have probably formed your thinking along the way. Yeah. I mean, my grandfather was a doctor at the war, so it's like very, very, uh, close to, to my, my family members. Uh, I come from a family of, of doctors. Um, my, my both parents are doctors and, and they have, uh, their grand their their parents are also doctors so it's it's a family that has gone through a lot of of these uh, situations um which i think also prepares a lot for what we are living right now um but um yeah it, it's the, the education system that they have gone through is is very different and uh, i think to me um one of the challenges that I've had along my entire lifetime is to explain uh, to them what I'm discovering about learning and about uh, education, um, which is very, very different to the education system that they lived and slightly different to, to what I have lived in, in my own school. Um, I, I don't come from school where, I don't know, teachers, uh, hit students, but that was kind of normal uh, gener two generations uh, before, right? Um, and uh, I, I think, um, yeah, the, what we are seeing about uh, learning that is is kind of uh, very different from that traditional approach. Uh, that that creates a lot of moments where where I have to to go back into explaining to them what I have discovered and, and they, they really struggle uh, understanding that. Uh, they really struggle understanding what's homeschooling or what it is to be a self-directed learner. Um, for them, schooling is school, is a place. You have to go there. It's, um, yeah, it's nine to five. It's um, all that. and. And yeah, there are other ways of learning, and especially after graduating university, where I, I think I discovered um, really what learning is and, and my passion for learning after my entire uh, journey in schooling. Um, it's kind of an ironic thing um, in my journey. <laughs> yeah. It is. And it's also ironic the fact that um, 
you, you know, you're, you're fully into this, this rabbit hole of self-directed education. Uh, you, you don't have kids yourself. So this isn't something that, that, you know, for me, that was a big prompt. It's like, well, there's got to be something better because I don't like having them go through the churn and the burn like I had to. Um, you, you've come at this as, uh, <laughs> up until the point of leaving university, you'd pretty much had a lifelong career in academia. You leave and you're like, right, what's learning? What's actual learning? And how do people actually do that? And it's just kind of what, what something must have switched that on in your mind, uh, for you to, to chase that passion and to try and make a career out of it. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it was at uni. Um, this was at the time when TED Talks were being born. Uh, it's not that long ago. It's, it was like 2008, 2009. Um, I started organizing events at, at my university of people that were passionate about what they do. And I realized that, that people were so hungry to listen to someone that was like that. And you could see the change in their faces. And I still remember those eyes looking to someone that was completely out of the curriculum, out of anything related to engineering, that they were just very, very inspiring. And they, they were passionate about what they did in life. Um, so that was my first entrepreneurial project. And that was for me the spark of what, why someone ended up knowing so much about something and why were they so passionate about it? And that's, that's what made me uh, become so interested in learning because I wanted to know why. I, know, I wanted to know what leads you to be so passionate that you cannot stop doing what you do. And I wanted that for myself. I wanted that for my career. Um, so that's why I started the journey. And with each stone that you turned over, it must have just been a, a self-reinforcing kind of experience with each project that you did, each person that you met. Um, I know before you you come along to to help out the Galileo or run the Galileo project last year, you were working at, uh, I never know how to pronounce, whether it's Uda City or Udacity. Uh, could you could you tell people a little bit about your role there and, and how you grew that? Yeah. Um, so Udacity is one of the leading online learning, learning platforms uh, to learn coding skills, um, AI, machine learning, very futuristic kind of topics, um, and has been one of the pioneers in online learning. Um, and I joined that project because at the time I was living um, in between California and Spain and, and they were looking for an entrepreneur in Europe to help them grow their, their business there. It was at the time where they were only in the US and they have just raised a huge amount of money and they needed someone to basically help them push uh, on the European side of things. So they basically uh, hired an entrepreneur in each of the markets they were going to. Uh, they hired someone in Brazil, someone in China, someone in India, and I was the European one. 
Um, so they gave us a, a bit of money and basically told us to start trying to, to build Udacity in our markets. That was, that was it. That was the brief. <laughs> yeah. Go, 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 go to Europe with a laptop and, you know, make us huge. So totally. how did that, that go? That, because uh, how many years did you spend there building that out? Um, it was a couple of years. Um, it, it was a very, very interesting experience to me, um, to be inside one of those unicorns, right? Um, one of those companies that, um, their problem is mainly time. It's not resources. It's how fast can we do this and how efficiently can we do this? Um, to me, it was a great learning experience to, to be in touch with people that were building something very strong and in a very scalable way. It was incredibly fast. Um, to me, um, that experience uh, showed me a lot, of, a lot of things. And one of the most interesting things that I learned in that company was how people really learn online. And that was linked to an experience that I was very lucky to lead in, in Europe that was called uh, Udacity Connect, uh, where we were organizing weekly sessions with people that were learning uh, the nano degrees. That is how the programs are called at Udacity. Uh, and I was leading a group that was meeting every week in London and then later in, in other five cities in Europe. Um, to learn machine learning initially, and then it was like other other coding skills. And every Saturday I was going there with a group of 20, 30 people that were trying to understand what was this thing about machine learning or AI. Uh, this was 2015, so it, it was very, very early days, uh, not mainstream at all. And yeah, I could see every week what were the challenges of people trying to learn by themselves online. Um, and it was amazing. It was, it was to me, eye-opening because I, I feel there are so many things that I didn't understand about how people really learn when they are left alone and how much it improves when they learn as a group, uh, which is something that we, we wanted to achieve. Um, so yeah, uh, we managed to get really, really good results with these groups and that inspired me to start my next company. So yeah. Which is? It's called Mind Studio. Um, yeah, it's, it's uh, what I've been working on since uh, 2019 um, and it's, it's a very, very special uh, company to me. It's the first one I have started by myself um, with totally no, uh, I would say, external um, resources um, or, and or pressures, <laughs> or pressures, or anything. <laughs> and um, and to me, it's it's kind of the conclusion of I would say ten years of of work of uh, research. Um, what what I started doing was researching what were the things that really work in education and in learning, and then organizing groups that meet every week to learn skills 
uh, initially it was in person and now it's purely online. And then I also help projects that are trying to do something meaningful in education. And I put that research to the service of those who are trying to do something more efficient than the current system. And that's how I met Galileo um, and how I, how I met you. Um, but yeah, that was the initial, the initial conclusion was this can be done better. Let's help individuals, companies, and leaders that are writing the future of education. Because if you put the research to the service of good education, I think, I think it's going to really, really grow exponentially. So, so yeah, last year we have had like, I don't know how many sessions, hundreds of sessions uh, with groups. Um, the, during the pandemic, I was, I was running like five, six groups in parallel every week. Uh, some of them with companies, some of the, some of them with individuals that were learning a specific topic and, and yeah, and at the same time organizing, uh, the homeschooling global summit, uh, with you guys. Um, so yeah, I feel very, very lucky to, to join projects at the moment in time that is always kind of at the beginning, at the start when, when it's not that mainstream. And I can see how they how they basically ride that wave that is is coming, like it or not. It has a lot of, as you say in the podcast, it has a lot of commonalities with Bitcoin. Um, and yeah, it's coming, like it or not. I think it's just coming a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been sped up, obviously, like uh, everything else throughout 2020. And to give a little bit of context to those that are listening, that the first homeschooling global summit uh, i put together with the founder of of galileo vlad uh we had about four to four and a half thousand people sign up i think and then by the time we launched this this last year's one 2020 do, do you remember how many people signed up alvaro what was the full amount uh, i can't remember exact numbers but it was above ten thousand people that's the number I had in my head. I thought it was around ten to ten and a half thousand, and obviously, COVID. I think the lockdowns and people being forced to homeschool. It's it's a weird word to use. Uh, forced to do school at home, basically, because they were just responding yeah. to emails from teachers. They weren't doing what we would we know as self directed education or uh, learning from home. <clears throat> excuse me but obviously the need is there and this is one thing that really excites me yes being in on the ground floor of a new movement and this certainly is one and bitcoin obviously is another and that's why i see so much overlap here and self-sovereignty you know if you if you take education into your own hands if you separate education from state my goodness you you can honestly learn some amazing things very, very quickly. Uh, now, I had Michael Saylor on the show and he, like the first 45 minutes of his interview was about the Saylor Foundation and about how he wants to take university education around the world, uh, dematerialize it, as he would say, put it online free for everyone. And that's just one company. I, I find it hard for, 
to, to explain to people just how much work is going on in this space. And here is Lauren, ladies Hi. and gentlemen. One second. <laughs> we, we will come back Hi, Lauren. to that. Lauren, have you been thinking of questions to ask Alvaro or not? Or are you just going to breeze in here and just fire something out? Um, uh, yeah, I got a question. Oh, you do? Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, Daddy, is Alvaro in uh, Galileo? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, my question is, why did you decide to join Galileo? Well, that's, that's a very good question. Um, you know, uh, that... I, I started talking to Vlad at Galileo earlier in the year, in 2020. And uh, initially, I started talking to him because I saw that he was doing pure online education. And I, I told him, uh, have you considered doing some blended learning? Um, blended learning is when you combine uh, online education with also in-person activities. Um, and uh, we started talking about uh, something that I think it's finally going, going to come to Galileo next year, or, well, this year now, um, that is um, experiences for Galileo students where they meet in person with people that they have been talking to through the computer for a long time. And uh, that's how the idea of retreats started to, to form. Um, and that's how, how I started learning about Galileo. I was not aware at all about homeschooling. I, I was coming from self-directed education, which is something that you do at, at Galileo, but I didn't know homeschooling at all. And for me, 2020 has been a really, really, eye-opening year in terms of what homeschooling is and how can it be done, um, especially with the tools that we have today. Um, so that's that's the reason I started getting in touch with Galileo. And I think after spending a few months uh, discussing several things, um, Vlad asked me, would you be interested in helping us organize a homeschooling global summit and um, yeah we set a crazy target to bring 100 100 speakers 10 days um, to talk about different things related to homeschooling alternative education micro schools all the topics that i know that you know very well uh, but many people have never heard about um, and yeah, that was the first time I, I got exposed to what you were doing in Galileo and I was I was amazed by by it. So we started we started collaborating and uh, that led to other projects like the family experience day that you were part of in in the summer and many more to come. I, I hope so. That's right. You you were the co-host, weren't you, of the, the family experience day? I was? Yeah, with me. You... Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yeah. How, how was that? Did you like it? It was fun, but sometimes it got a bit boring. Yeah? yeah. It got a bit long yeah. in parts? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's, Too many that's adults. the kind of feedback we need. Too many adults in the Too way. Too many that's adults right. leading the show. 
I I <laughs> want I want uh, you you taking over next year. You don't need daddy alongside you anymore. You can just host the whole thing yourself. Like this podcast. Right? I mean, who needs me? Um. <laughs> Do you have any no, more questions? Thank you so much. Uh, no, because I have to. Oh, you've go. got to run. Yeah, what, what's your next lesson? It's um. Well, your next club. Business business model canvas. Oh right, yeah. How to build business models Ooh. and things. You're doing that with Stacy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We'll say goodbye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much. Have fun. Uh, there you go. In and out. Um, so <laughs> she's totally she the just, star of the show. That that <laughs> <laughs> stole the show as always. That uh, well, that gives you uh, like uh, people listening uh, an an insight. You know, she's nine. She's ten in a in a couple of weeks. And she just came off a 45-minute club of junior startup. That's what that club is called. And now she's going into a, uh, a club with some slightly older kids where they're just learning about how to brainstorm and map out business ideas. And this is education, right? This is what um, the, the, none of them are tired at the end of the day. They all want to carry on talking to their friends. They want to collaborate with projects that, you know, it doesn't matter. Sometimes it's eight or nine o'clock at night and they're begging, can we join a class in the American time zone? Because I want to meet some new friends. That is passion. And to get back to what we were talking about before we, before she breezed in, uh, <laughs> it's you, yeah. You know, and you know, to, um, uh, you just noted it there. You know, when we set our target for this summit last year, uh, it seemed like a steep, tall order, right? 100 speakers in 10 days, 10 speakers a day, in uh, two average length in two months to put that together, Av to find the people, right? To, yeah. <laughs> it's hard enough. It's hard enough setting up interviews for these uh, these podcasts, but we all went out and um, started shaking the network tree to see who we could get. And again, blown away by the people that we could get. Uh, some were returners from the, the first year. But then when you tell people the amount of work that's going on in, to use air quotes, the alternative education space, it's huge. There's so much and yeah. it's so exciting. I think, um, and this is something that I, I was planning to, to discuss with you today, because I think one of the most important things I have learned in myself is the the paradigm change when you're when you're jumping into learning from a perspective of i am not doing this alone i'm doing this with other people i'm not going to take a course which is going to give me a degree or a certificate but i'm going to learn about a topic that i am interested in with people that I am sharing this passion with. And I am not following a curriculum that is fixated by someone else, but I am kind of discovering with those who are more experienced than me, that are guiding me through it. Um, it becomes a, a really engaging experience. It becomes uh, addictive almost. And that's the reason why in four or five months, I was, you know, interested in Bitcoin, started reading about it, read several books, 
listen to your podcasts. I was asking you all the time, Daniel, I have finished this. What is next? What can I get? And that is, that is um, it's, it's universal. It's not just about Bitcoin. It's about any topic that you want to learn about. And that journey, one of the things that I have discovered after, you know, researching quite a lot about it and reading a lot of books about it is that it's kind of, if you want to master any skill, the journey is pretty similar all the time. So it doesn't matter if you want to learn how to play piano or how to dance salsa or how to code. Uh, the journey is, is going to be pretty similar in terms of your emotional resilience to it, in terms of the needs that you're going to have of support from people guiding you, people that are learning with you, um, people at home. It's, it's very similar. And once you understand that paradigm change, you become so much, I would say, hungry about getting new skills and that doesn't end it it's you don't finish the curriculum you don't graduate you actually the graduation becomes you starting teaching someone else um that's that's what happens naturally and i think that is a paradigm shift that these kids that are self-directed learners have assume naturally, but we as, an, as adults, we need to kind of transform from where we come from to be able to, to upskill constantly. And upskilling, I know it's one of those words that is right now, um, I would say a trend in the business world and every company has an upskilling plan. And, and it's, it's not something that a company can impose to you. It's something that you have to decide that it's important to yourself. Um, and when you realize that that is true to you, um, you suddenly start picking up skills and adding them to your kind of toolkit. I, I like to talk about toolkit because uh, when you are studying towards an exam, you might not develop a skill. If you're trying to learn about something that you want to use at any time, uh, I talk about, I don't know, piano, for example. Imagine that you just want to study for a piano exam to you know, get the degree and you know, get it done and over with. But if you're passionate about playing piano, you want to be able to anytime sit down and play the piano beautifully. That, that, that is a very different target. Um, and that changes when it's self-directed instead of, instead of externally directed. Yeah, and I, I feel I have been talking. I, you, you no, have to you, stop me, man. I can talk about this all day. <laughs> no, no way. Those who listen know I let the passion go. Like you know, when when someone's in their in their zone, and you clearly are. And uh, it was very evident for me when, when we began uh, working together with the, with the summit, when we're putting this together, that it was such an important project for you and you really wanted to make it such a great thing. Uh, now, obviously, if anybody wants to go back and, and look at those, we, we have, I'm not sure if all of the videos are up on the, on the YouTube, but they are, right? Yeah, I thought so. Where would you point one 
Well, where would you point someone to to start? What what one video if they because I, I'm remembering your journey into the rabbit hole. When you get we're going to get there. We're on the precipice, listeners of, of Alvaro falling down the rabbit hole. And the way that started, where we were having a, a chat in September, um, just reviewing the year and what happened, and you know what can we do for for next year. And uh, Alvaro showed interest in my podcast project and just sent him one episode. Didn't send him the whole list. Just one episode, and then waited for the ask. Oh, that was interesting. Do you have one on a different topic? So, where would you send someone if they were to go and look at the uh, the Homeschooling Global Summit YouTube page and dig out an interview? Wh- which one do you think stands out for you? Um, I think Peter Gray is is one of those very charismatic leaders that says so many things about how children learn. Um, that I, I find very, very engaging and it's kind of a, like opening the door uh, to what's behind. Um, yeah, I think I would send someone to watch Peter Gray's um, YouTube video and maybe read the book that, that he, he wrote. And uh, I think um, I think that that gives you a very, very good starting point. And as you said, one of the most difficult parts of learning anything today is to not get overwhelmed about the amount of resources that you have at your disposal because you don't know how to choose. And that's why I relied on you to help me with Bitcoin because I knew that you were more experienced than I was. And I knew that if I started reading or watching things about Bitcoin, it's it's daunting. It, you you cannot you cannot understand what's going on with so much noise. So you need um, someone to guide you and uh, someone to keep giving you enough information and enough hand holding um, so you can walk through that path. And then you will start finding other you know other people, other leaders, people that you follow um, and but I, I think that that to me is is one of the real changes of of education these days. That you don't need teachers that know everything. You need guides and coaches that help you get you objectives, something to to reach that you feel accomplished, and then you can you can start from there. And the problem is with so many people, uh, you know. Like to- the biggest pushback Bitcoin is fine is uh, explain it to me in a sentence. Like, you know, just tell me why. Because they're coming from this standpoint. They know if they got to learn something, there's going to be a hell of a lot of research involved. And they just flick the switch back straight back to school. Like they think for me to get up to speed on this thing, I'm going to have to take a course. I'm going to have to sit down. It's going to be hours of work. And they have all of this psychological kind of overhang left from hours and hours of just being forced to learn shit they never wanted to learn in the first place and that's it's and it's the hardest thing for for new parents coming into homeschool to get over like the kids get it like the kids are ready to learn they will learn they don't need the paradigm shift they're good to go because they're so young uh well it depends on the age of course um but the younger then the easier but for the adults we're carrying around so much baggage. Like you were talking about your own school experience coming up, uh, you know, being brought up in in Spain. 
there's a lot of baggage there from your primary school, which you probably met face on. The easiest way for me to to do that change is to think about video games. Um, in video games, you learn skills. When you start playing, you you suck at it, um, and it's not it's not easy. It's it's a process. You get sometimes stuck. Uh, you uh, move forward, but then you hit a wall, and then you have to start again. And I always say that learning has a lot to learn about video games um, because. Um, yeah, when you're playing a video game, you're learning, a, you're learning a skill, like it or not. And why kids get so easily engaged with video games and they suffer with maths? It's, to me, I think it doesn't add up. It's not, it's not a, a subject matter. It's, it's about how you approach it. And I think they are both difficult skills to master, as there, there are difficult skills to master, but it's how you approach it, um, what matters, and what's the, the support that you have around you to master those skills. Um, you can be more or less motivated. You can, be, you, know, you can have better or worse uh, guides in your journey, um, but no difficult skill is easy to master. What, what matters to me is, is the, the journey of getting better and better at learning about it. And that, that, is, that is a total change uh, because you don't, you don't focus on passing the test or getting the degree. Um, you focus on what is, what is more, what, what is there out there that I can what I can get. There is no mastering Bitcoin. There is no uh, graduating from Bitcoin school, although I'm sure there will be programs being generated to, to make money about it. But there is, there, is no, there is no way of getting everything and graduating of it. It's, it's a journey that you have to go through. And in that journey, at certain point, you... You have been through it so many times that you have seen so many things that you can start teaching others, which is going to help you understand exponentially much more what's behind that. Because I'm sure that, Daniel, you, by sharing all those episodes and books, um, tweets, I'm sure that you feel that you have uh, learned much more than if you were by yourself in a room reading books about Bitcoin. Oh, yeah, man. Like the, the podcast was such a level up game changer for being exposed to some people that, uh, you know, I truly respect and, and look up to and have been my guides, uh, you know. So let's get into your rabbit hole story then. So like mid-September, we have the, uh, the chat. I'd send you uh, a few podcast episodes and then you're like, right, I'm good to go. What book should I read? And of course, I, I sent you uh, The Way of the Bible, uh, Safe, Safe Dina Moose, uh, a big shout out. And then I think it, like two or three days later, perhaps even later, I don't know, I can't remember the exact timeline. I get a text from you saying, I'm on my way to Madeira with this friend and uh, a picture of the book on your lap. 
and it was just such a great thing a great text to receive because the amount of times you people ask you questions about it and you try and help them and they just shut down and, and move on but you're straight away give me another podcast to listen to and then give me a book to read uh <laughs> And then, then the tweets—not the tweets, excuse me—the uh, the texts just seemed to be like your your stream of consciousness as as the rabbit hole was as you were flashing through it. Yeah, every it time it. you understand something, um, that's another thing of the paradigm shift. Um, instead of keeping it to yourself, when you share what you have discovered with the person that shared it with you or with others around you because I was also sharing it with other people, that, that makes it so much easier for you to learn about it because it's, it's not just you trying to understand. It's a group of people trying to understand. And yeah, it, it's, it's much easier. Um, so yeah, I started sharing with you what I was discovering. Uh, I have never thought about things like that before I have always been to my rabbit hole of learning uh, and I have not been into the economics arena or anything related to that. Um, and to me, it was, was like, okay, this makes sense. This makes sense. This also makes sense. Why am I not doing anything about it? And, <laughs> and why are you around me not doing anything about it? Uh, so that that was the <laughs> that was the the journey and the next the next step that we will talk about is to try to help others start the journey themselves uh, that i hope that we, we will end up the the episode with <laughs> and uh i'm just uh scrolling through now uh here we go like yeah man this is crazy thank you so much for showing me the door of this rabbit hole it makes so much sense. I can't believe I didn't know this earlier. The historical perspective is so sound. You can see how printing more money leads to wealth destruction. And that's exactly what the West is doing. And that was probably only like three or four chapters into Safe's book. <laughs> and you, you're done. It's like, right, this is all fucked up over here. And this is making so much more sense over there. <laughs> it's the quickest well, descent. And this is what is happening with the class of 2020. Uh, you know, the, the new plebs, as we call ourselves, they come to, they come to uh, the space for whatever reason, a friend, a family member, or whatever. And like the descent is so quick. It's amazing to see. Well, I, I must say that, um, that, it's so easy right now to to see it well bitcoin is you know rallying and all that um but the what i appreciate the most about what you have helped me with is to also don't think about it as a short-term game but to think about it as a as a philosophy of um you know time preference um dollar cost average all those things that I would not never have done by myself because I would have tried to time it and I would have tried to like do all this, try to be smart about it. Um, uh, I, yeah, I, I have learned it from all the people that you have invited to the, to the podcast. And I'm sure that I am like 10% of, of the game. You know, it's like, I know I'm a newbie in this and I, 
I just want to appreciate to everyone that has shared before um, in this podcast because yeah, I am still. Um, I was telling you, I, I was uh, listening to another podcast uh, uh, of yours in last, I think it was last Saturday while I was running, uh, which has been my way of of uh, of learning about Bitcoin. I, I was doing it while I was doing my daily run. Um, and it's been so, so interesting to me. It, it, it's been... Um, independently of the results uh, of, you know, of where Bitcoin is, I, I find it an, an amazing thing to learn about. Do you feel it might be early days yet, but it's something that gets discussed a lot in um, in the space? Um, any fundamental behavioral shifts yet that you're, you're you've implemented since uh, that, that you can put, you know, a direct link to Bitcoin? Um, I think one of the things that I have discovered is that I have many similar behaviors uh, already than the ones that I have heard about. Uh, in, in the, it's kind of like you don't know why, but you when you see it, you say, "Oh, that's it. That's that's what I was thinking about. Uh, that's why it didn't make sense to me. All I knew." before about about economics and all this way of printing uh, money at the massive scale that I, I, we are seeing these days is that it felt to me that it didn't add up. It, it, it was like, okay, it's like, to me, it feels like there is no free lunch. I come from the, the entrepreneurial journey of, you know, there's no free lunch and suddenly you see that oh apparently there is free lunch and <laughs> this doesn't this doesn't add up and suddenly you find um, some theories that point out in a direction and I must say one of the things that I also told you is that I was gonna read about the opposite uh, theories so I, I, I that's one of the things that I want to also understand I I and and I think one of the your, your speakers talked about it. I, I would like to understand the Bitcoin approach, but also I would like to understand those who believe in the central banking and and the you know that's the way. Because if you just understand one side, you, you're just in the echo chamber, right? And and to me, it's important to to understand both perspectives and then decide by yourself. To me, it. It makes so much sense what I have learned through the books, the podcasts, etc. That you know, it, it's it's the difficulty of of these times. It's it's very easy to get polarized and say, oh, the other side is completely wrong, and you know, uh, we are smart, they are not. I, I don't think that's ever true. I think, um, yeah, we are just in different points of the journey. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's an interesting one for sure, and yeah, getting as much knowledge about absolutely every aspect is is critical. And to to do an un, an unofficial shill for Save's next book, it's called the Fiat Standard, where he mm-hmm. he takes a deep dive 
into this. Um, and I'm part, I'm part of his course where we've discussed a few of the chapters and we get sneak peeks at some of the chapters. And, you know, he, he he's even surprised himself going down that rabbit hole and, uh, you know, um, taking an engineer's stance and a look at the fiat standard and how it came to be and why it came to be. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to to getting that in hard copy and uh, taking a, a real good look at that. And he's, then he's writing another one called Principles of Economics. Uh, this is turning into the Safe Shore Show. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> some credit for that. <laughs> um, so what, uh, wh- where did we get to? Yeah, so you're, you're, you're down the rabbit hole. So this is what got me um, watching your, your journey unfold. And then you really took me by surprise when you texted me. You're like, right, Dan, we got to think of a way to give back to the community. And I'm like, Jesus, he's like 10 <laughs> weeks into this. <laughs> he's, he's, he's listened to like, at this point, five to 10 podcasts. He's read half a book and he's ready to build out some kind of product or service to give back to the community. And that is that to me was the cherry on the, on the, on the cake. When you realize how quick people can move when they see something so clearly and are so passionate about it. So yeah, what's, what's the plan? What are we, uh, what are we going to be doing for, to, to give back? To me, I think, um, you know what they say uh, about that when, when you're a hammer, all you see is nails around you, right? Um, it's, it, what happened to me was that I am so biased now uh, about these learning in groups that I thought, wait a second, why am I doing this alone? Um, and wouldn't it be much better uh, if instead of you showing each of us one by one the you know your path in the rabbit hole? Wouldn't it make sense to have groups of people that are learning about uh, Bitcoin and that we, you know, use um, the experience of learning about skills, applying it to Bitcoin. Um, And that's when the idea came up of, hey, why don't we do a learning group about Bitcoin? Uh, And I shared it with you. And you were open to explore it. And here we are a few weeks later recording a podcast to, to, to see if this has uh, legs or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, a pitch to, to the community. Um, I think it has legs for sure because there's just going to be more and more people coming in. Bitcoiners around the world are getting these texts coming in now from friends and family that have dismissed them for years, if not longer, when when talking about Bitcoin, they just want that guy to shut up. Now now they're the ones getting the texts. Like, oh yeah, about that Bitcoin thing. This is what the number go up technology that we call it, um, that, that brings attention. Just yesterday at time of recording, the FT ran the front page and on the top fold of the front page was a big Bitcoin article in the Financial Times. So what's that going to do? It's going mainstream. More people are going to start asking questions. So setting something up like you uh, envision, how do you see it working? Just 
kind of uh, explain what you do at um, your your previous company. Well, the company you still yeah. run, excuse me, and yeah. um, and how you'd integrate it, make it work. Yeah. Um, so first of all, this is something that I've been doing in different shapes uh, since 2015. So this is an, something that I have been experimenting a lot with, which is groups of people trying to learn a new skill together. And um, yeah, I've done that with individuals within companies uh, in skills from coding to cybersecurity to all sorts of topics that you can imagine. And uh, the way it works is basically um, we all commit to jump in on a call once a week where someone is keeping everyone accountable of what their goals were for the previous week and what their goals are for next week. And the rhythm is not the same for everyone because we have different lives, we have different backgrounds, we all come from different places and we are at different points in the journey. But one of the things that I have realized it's very valuable is that that touch point in a regular basis with someone that helps you visualize where you're going and also keep track of what you have learned so far, it's very valuable. And it's not only valuable to each of them, it's also valuable to you and to me, because the more you see people going through the journey, the more you also understand about your own journey. So the way it works is one hour a week, we dedicate to discuss about what we have learned this week about Bitcoin in this case. And we talk about what would be a good next step of covering during the next week. And that gives you a goal, a very achievable goal. Not doesn't need to be very, very difficult, but it's that constant exploration what makes in the long run that you master a skill. And again, you cannot master Bitcoin, but you can be more informed or less informed about Bitcoin. And that I think leads to better decisions in the long run um, and also to a stronger community because the more you're sharing it with others, the more others understand about it, the more they share with others. And I think it's it's a win-win situation for everyone involved. Does yeah. that cover it? Yeah, no, it does. I, I think it's great. I think it's an awesome idea. And, and I love the fact that it's coming from a total noob that has been inspired enough to already want to give back to to the bitcoin community i think it this is this is so inspiring so i I guess we should um start wrapping it up and what a place to leave it but you know to test the interest of anyone listening how should they get hold of you is there an email address that they should um show their their interest uh, or reach out another way um I think we can do this in in two ways. Um, for those who are familiar with uh, the once beaten podcast, I think it would be it would be good for you to show interest about joining 
that group um, to yourself via any usual way that you you do. I think Twitter, I think uh, probably email um, would be a good way. In my case, what I did is um, I, I set up a landing page in my website, as I showed you. Um, that is basically, uh, uh, well, a way to explain what we have envisioned and just two fields to, to fill with your email and name to, to show your interest in it. <laughs> as simple as that. Um, that is mindsstudio.com slash Bitcoin. Um, I will add it to the header of mindsstudio.com uh, in case um, yeah, anyone is lost. Um, but yeah, in my company's website, there will be a link where you can register. And yeah, let's see how many people would like to, to do this journey with others, not by, by themselves. Yeah, it'd be, uh, it'd be great to see. So that's mindstudio.com. Yeah. That's uh, M-I-N-D-S and then studio, S-T-U-D-I-O.com and then forward slash Bitcoin. Uh, let's see. I'm just loading it up now just to make sure it's all good I, I, to go. I hope that you like the Yes, the first uh, line it's of it. working. It's working, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Bitcoin Studio, welcome to the Bitcoin rabbit hole. There you go. <laughs> this is cool. So um, yeah, and anybody interested can can DM me uh, or just head straight here to um, to this link. It'll all be in the show notes and register your interest and we'll see if we can get a little group going. And it's yep. um, this is just for the love of the game right now, right? There's, there's no charge or anything. No, we are going to test it out. And uh, of course, at some point, we will have to have someone guiding uh, the group on a on a weekly basis, so we will have to cover some costs. But but it's um, yeah, we are testing it out. We just want to know if this makes sense to you guys. Cool. So, Alvaro, what? Well, you you know the last question I ask, um, and you, you've probably heard many different answers. So I don't know how much thought you've put into it yourself being so new into the rabbit hole, but you know, Bitcoin touches us in many different ways. If you had one orange pill left to give to someone, who would you give that to and why? <laughs> um, I think I'm going to play the Real Madrid card here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would, uh, well, just for the listeners, uh, Daniel knows I, I used to play when I was young for Real Madrid, so I know how incredibly powerful that the Real Madrid brand is around the world. So I will love to sit down with the president of Real Madrid and uh, convince him to have, uh, yeah, have it in the in the T-shirt. I think that would be a, a wonderful way to inform many people about this, that this is coming. Um, so yeah, that would be my answer. That's, that's awesome, man. And I didn't know you used to play for Real Madrid. Holy shit. We can't end the podcast on that. And what, what age, what age were you then? Um, yeah, it was about 12, 13. Yeah. Holy crap. I'm like, so 
That is another podcast episode. <laughs> that, yeah, that's got to be. No, we, we can't. I, I know I can already think of a few people that are going to be listening to this. Like, how did you let that end? Uh, especially, I've had I've had Lucky Mukasana on, and he's a, a professional footballer, plays for Tampa Bay Rowdies, but he played for New York Cosmos and won the championship twice there. And he was playing alongside Raul. So when when Real Madrid when Raul left um, Real Madrid he that's where he went right to the Cosmos and yeah, yeah. played alongside Lucky. So we've got Bitcoiner <laughs> we've got Bitcoiner pro footballers and they're doing their part. Uh, but yeah. yeah, so you're playing for Real Madrid twelve to thirteen. These are you must have got you must have been close, man. Like what what's what did did were you injured yeah, or just? Um... No, it was actually, that's a longer story. Um, but yeah, I, I played for, initially they, they have this tournament that is called a social tournament where there are like 12 or 14 teams that play every week. And then you join the 30, 32 people that, that make it to the, to the official team i i was yeah i was playing for a short period of time there um but uh, actually it was the um, the fight between that and schooling what led to stop playing there because oh. at some point you have to to decide and mm-hmm. uh, yeah my parents were advocating for me very strongly to to yeah, continue my studies instead of uh, spending. It was back then already four days a week, plus weekends. Um, mm-hmm. Going to train was like several hours every day, so it, it takes a lot of time. Um, but yeah, that that could be. Uh, what what yeah. what position were you playing? Midfield. Uh, yeah, I was midfielder. Um, but now I, I get to enjoy, you know, the, the thing it, about when, when you love something, I, I don't play professionally, uh, but I still um, go to the Bernabeu Stadium with my brother. I play with my friends. I, it's, it's something that I can do anytime. It's in my toolkit. I... I love it so much that I I don't have a feeling of even if I'm not doing professionally and I'm not making money out of it, it's 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 okay. I you know I I enjoy it, and that's what matters to me. Now I I don't know whether you listened to the show with um with Lucky that I did 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 I ever send you that one? I might not have done. But uh, there's, I'll give you the quick story. Um, it's a great interview. I love it. And it turns out that two of his teammates are also Bitcoiners. So there's three of them on the same team, stacking sats. And they're all trying to, you know, um, pill their, their teammates or even their coach. Uh, and I asked him on the show whether it, Bitcoin had changed the way he plays or like his philosophy around. And he's like, bam, yes, absolutely. You know, mm. I'm in the best shape I've ever been in. I make sure I'm uh, training um, to the best of my ability, but I'm focused much more on like the rest, much more on the nutritional side. My head's in a yeah. better space. 
yeah. <laughs> now they even like the three of them they if they're ever through on goal they can see like a dollar sign in one side of the goal or a bitcoin sign in the other side of the goal and they know <laughs> which one to shoot at like you know it's taking the mind virus is is taking over almost every decision and improving their game and he's just uh you know extended his contract he's coming towards the end of his playing career 36 37 years of age but Mm. knows he's going to be playing for another few years which is amazing and vice versa i i think real madrid in my character uh, had a huge influence Uh, passing by the the real madrid team has influenced a lot uh, my character about teamwork, about you know, uh, one of the things that Real Madrid always stands for is like, doesn't matter how the match is looking like, if you're winning, if you're losing, you're giving your best from minute one to the last minute of the match and the last second of the match. And when the match is over, yes, congratulate the, the other team. No. No regrets. You leave it in, leave it behind in the field, and then you keep training uh, for the next match. Uh, so you have no idea how much the products and the the well the projects that I am involved with, how much of those those parts of the the values uh, I carry with me. So yeah, it's it's really cool really interesting. Hear. So come on, I got to I got to ask uh, a high time preference question right now. And like, you know, who were the famous guys that you met? Who was around? Who did you get to to who was playing at that time when you were spending so much time over there? Yeah, uh well, back then when I was playing there, it was the time of Raul. Um it was when when Raul was a, uh, you know, the big thing coming back. We all wanted to be Raul. <laughs> it was it was like uh the idol. Um, I unluckily didn't play with anyone that made it to the first team. Um, there were a couple of them that played at least a few times with the, with the first team, but they didn't make it into like first team, uh, for a whole season. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just such a small probability that you can, you can make it. Um, so but, but yeah, I, I think one of my best friends that I uh, still see very often, um, we played together there. And it's it's kind of like a, one of those strong bonds um, because, yeah, it's, it's a, a kind of a, if you think about it, why Real Madrid has been consistently uh, winning in different competitions and it's always kind of in the top three, four, that's, that's a very, very difficult thing to achieve in such a competitive market, I would say. Um, so yeah, there is something there that is, mm. is, is Many stronger people would, than... A lot of the detractors would say, oh, they just got the most money and they can buy whoever they want, but that doesn't make the team work, right? You can't just yeah. put all and these guys together. Nowadays, there are teams with more money and I know we are going to get a lot of Probably when you touch football, you get a lot of emotions uh, out there. But, but yeah, I one of my reflections about it is is that there is there is something there that consistently keeps
keeps uh, the institution um, relevant, uh, ahead of the game many times, and it has ups and downs. It reminds me a lot to what happens with Apple and all these, all these companies that you know they have ups and downs, that they are playing the long-term game instead of um, just this season. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think um, there is a, a lot to look into. <laughs> yeah, I love that we finished a episode of Bitcoin podcast. Of course. And, you know, uh, I, I should mention that um, probably uh, it, it's ironic that the best player that ever played for Real Madrid was an English guy. So we can leave it there if you want. And well, oh, it's, it's uh, yeah. that's a matter of opinions. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's um, there is a lot of parallelisms between football and yeah, and life and business and yeah, uh, what happens in life, right? Uh, you sometimes win, sometimes lose. Um, sometimes it's fair, sometimes it's not fair. You have to uh, you go get back the next day and hit the hit the pitch to train, keep training. Absolutely. Well, Alvaro, that was a great way to end it, and um, I think now people are going to have forgotten about Minds Studio. So mindstudio.com <laughs> forward slash Bitcoin. <laughs> really appreciate you coming on, mate. It's uh, it's been great to chat as always. Look forward to, uh, to to working more with you next year on the Homeschooling Global Summit and this Mind Studio. If if people are interested, uh, it's been um, yeah, it's been cool getting to know you, man. I really appreciate you coming on and I appreciate you uh, trusting me to to fall down the rabbit hole and uh, and follow like the the guidance. Um, yeah, it's very. Thanks to uh, you, Daniel. I I really have um, yeah grown so much thanks to thanks to the content that you have created, and I also wanted to thank those who have participated in in the podcast so far because uh, yeah I've I've discovered so many things thanks to thanks to them. So yeah, huge shout out to. To cool. all those who took the time to to educate us, <laughs> absolutely. And um, do you you I I don't see you that active on Twitter. Do you have a handle? Should people come and uh, reach out to you? Yeah, uh, I'm Alvaro San Martin, A L V A R O San Martin. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm generally more listening than speaking. <laughs> Just watching, watching Bitcoin Twitter erupt. <laughs> Okay. Well, yeah, Alvaro, take care, man. Thanks so much. Have a great afternoon. Thank you so much, Daniel. Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us on that edition of the Once Bitten podcast and getting to know a little better the journey of a brand new Bitcoiner. Welcome, Alvaro. Welcome into the rabbit hole. It's been a pleasure guiding you down your... Um, your accelerated journey into this into this world of Bitcoin. And I love getting the texts and the DMs from people who who have joined us as well in, in last year, in, in 2020, and how it's already changing their lives, changing their thinking, improving their lives, and improving their thinking, and improving their learning, and 
waking them up and giving them something to hold on to and the the hope that Bitcoin brings and the way it's changing their their lives for the better and for their families and for everybody around them. And then the projects that they've got in mind and the things that they can bring to the table. Uh, I've said it many times before, some people bring memes, others bring YouTube videos or podcasts or articles or books. It's just going to keep growing. We we talk about the network effect of of Bitcoin and and how that's just going to explode. And with that is going to come this wave of creativity and new companies and, uh, you know, try stopping it. You can't. When, as Alvaro points out here, you know, this has been a lifelong passion for him trying to understand learning and the power that that can have on you. The passion that that brings is, is you know, it, it's so real. So I hope you enjoyed this one, guys. Make sure to check out the show sponsors, coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten or over in the US, swanbitcoin.com forward slash bitten. Thanks for listening.